0: Uh, So our scripture reading this morning, if you want to get your Bibles open or your Bible apps open, we're going to turn there. Um, Hebrews chapter 1 is where we're headed. Hebrews chapter 1, that's in the New Testament, a little bit closer to the end. Hebrews chapter 1, so go ahead and turn there. And we're going to be continuing our series this morning. We're calling Supernatural Rediscovering Our Spiritual World. And in this series, what we've been grappling with is there's a reality out there that there is more going on than meets the eye in our world, in our lives, in our families, in our personal lives. There is more going on in this world. And in that series, what we wanted to try to do is we wanted to try to pull back the curtain a little bit on, well, what is all that other stuff that happens to be going on in this world? And so we kicked off our series with a passage from the book of Ephesians. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Let me read it for you one more time. Just listen to this. It should be on the screen. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against the physical. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. According to the Bible, there is a lot of spiritual activity going on. There are spiritual forces in this world. And those spiritual forces can actually do things in this world and make a difference in this world and have an effect over this world. And some of those forces, the Apostle Paul says, are, are good. They're, he would call them hev- from the heavenly realms. And then there's this other set, because there's these other spiritual forces from the dark world, as the Apostle Paul puts it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we kind of dove in strong, and we went to the top of the dark world totem pole, and we took some time and we talked about Satan and what in the world's going on with Satan, what's the devil up to in our world? And then last week, Pastor Chuck walked us through um, miracles, something from the heavenly realms. Like, what's going on with miracles? And he said, miracles are real, even if they can be hard to spot, that God is divine, the divine God is flexing his muscles in our world and it actually has the capacity to do something in our world and in our lives. Like, the sick can actually be healed miraculously in our world. That does happen. Maybe not on our watch, but that does happen. That ordinary experiences, ordinary occurrences in our lives, maybe those things aren't all that ordinary. Maybe God intentionally did that thing. Maybe it was a miracle. That God maybe is doing miraculous things in our world today. Now this week we want to look at another from the heavenly realm, according to the Apostle Paul. And we want to talk about angels. Angels. Like, what in the world are angels? Angels. And what in the world are angels doing in our world? Like, what are angels up to? So to get there, um, we want to turn to the scriptures first. Hopefully you're open there already. Hebrews chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Um, there's a lot of spiritual talk in our world. There's a lot of spiritual opinions in our world. There's a lot of it. And what we try to rely on is this book for our answers and nothing else. And that's why we turn to the scriptures this morning. So if you have your Bible, open up to Hebrews chapter 1, starting in verse 5. Our scripture reader this morning is Tom McMullen. Tom, wherever you're at, you can head on up to read for us. And as he heads on up, what we do here as a church, if you're able to, is we stand and we face the center of the room where the scripture is elevated and it is read from the center of the room. Because this book matters. This is our primary truth. This is the thing that tells us what's really going on in our world, and especially the story of Jesus. So, Tom, when you're ready, take it away.
1: For, which, for to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, Today I have become your father, or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking to the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits, and the servants flames of fire. But for the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. You will remain the same and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation?
0: Thanks, Tom. You all may take a seat. So when I was a kid, my first exposure to angels were in my mom's curio cabinet. She had one of those. And in that curio cabinet were all of these little figurines called Precious Moments. Anyone remember these? They were a pretty big deal. Some of us probably still have them, they're pretty cool. And my mom loved the angel precious moments where they had the wings and they were so cutesy. Loved it. Um, However, even though that was my first exposure to what an angel might be, it was not my most influential source for what an angel might be. My most influential source for what an angel might be was Looney Tunes. (laughs) It was. It was Looney Tunes. When I was a young boy, I watched a ton of Looney Tunes cartoons, and many of those cartoons had all kinds of afterlife stuff. They had people dying and going to heaven and all of that kind of stuff. And if you're uh, under 30, you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you're over 30, apparently, I think that's like the cutoff. Um, But what would happen in Looney Tunes is, and this would only happen to the good characters, like Bugs Bunny or Tweety Bird or whatever, um, something would happen, and near the end of the episode, Bugs Bunny or Tweety Bird would die. And at the moment that they would die, their spirit would leave their body, and it would shoot up into the sky. And as they would go up, they'd be passing clouds along the way. You probably remember this, right? And then usually the episode would end with this Looney Tune hanging out on a cloud, looking all white with a halo on their head with some sweet angel wings playing the harp. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Of course you do. When I was a kid, that was my picture of what angels looked like. It looked like that. It did. As a child... I thought that angels were the spirits of good people that had died and they had gone to heaven and they're hanging out on clouds here and they're just hanging out with their wings. Now, this might be news for some of you. This is a big deal. This could be a turning point. Looney Tunes got it wrong. (laughs) I know, I know. They got it wrong. Um, The biblical picture of angels is nothing like that. At all, um, There are many, many, many misconceptions about angels. Um, like we've said throughout this series, when we start talking about supernatural things in our world, there's lots of opinions, there's lots of perspectives, and there's a lot of things that are outside of this book that people consult to understand what in the world is going on, and that is especially true of angels. Um, there's so many different understandings of what an angel could look like. And the challenge is, as we talk about angels this morning, is to consult this book and this book alone and try to shelf all the other stuff, all the other understandings that we may have. And so that's what I'd encourage you to do as we talk about angels this morning. Now, I'd like to do is we've got angels. I just want to zoom out a little bit from there to start. Um, In the Bible. Um, The Bible paints a picture of our world in that there are two realities going on in our world at the same time. There's two things, there's two realities, there's two ways of being going on in our world at the same time. And the way that the Bible puts it is that there is this thing called body, this realm of body, or this body world, and then there's this spiritual world going on all at the same time. There's the physical world around us. It's the world where our senses are used to interact with it, right? It's the world that we're most familiar with because that's where we spend most of our time and our energy in our lives. The physical world or the embodied world is where we can see and we can Touch and we can taste and we can smell and we can hear, right? Like that's the physical world. Um, in the world of body, we can see that cheeseburger hanging out on the plate. We can see it because it's actually there. And, and if we put our ear up to it, if it came right off the grill at the right time, you can put your ear near, near it and you can hear the meat sizzle still. You know what I'm talking about, right? You can hear it as well. You can actually take that burger and, and you can pick it up and you can hold on to that burger. And then there's that grand finale moment where you take that burger and you look at it and you shove it in your mouth and eat it, right? I don't know, if maybe that's just how I eat burgers. And there's that amazing moment where you taste the burger. There's the oh so gooey cheese and oh the meat is just on point, the salty level. Mm, it's all so good. You ready for lunch? I'm feeling it. That is the world of body in the scriptures. That's our physical world. But then in the scriptures, there's this, there's this whole other world going on. It's the world of spirit. And the world of spirit exists in the same space, in the same place as, the, uh, as body. Like the exact same space at the exact same time. It's the spiritual world. It's the world that's largely invisible to our senses. And yet, it's this space where there's a lot going on. There's an amazing amount of activity going on in our spiritual world right now, right in this moment. Even perhaps in this room, we may be sitting here listening to me blabber on forever. But as we sit here, things are happening that we may not even know in the spiritual realm. Now, one of the things that makes humans different from animals is that we humans, we get to have a foot in both worlds, the world of body and the world of spirit. We get to stand in both worlds at the same time. Um, animals, animals live solely in the world of body, only in physicality, right? That's all they know, that's all they will ever know. But we, we are both body and spirit together. We can take that cheeseburger and, ah, oh, we can enjoy it, and it's so good. But then at the same time, we can have these things going on inside of us where we sense that, that something else is going on in our world and we can't quite put our finger on it. Animals don't live like that. Um, in the book of Genesis, we have the story of creation. And on the sixth day, God created our physical bodies just like animals. Um, but then something different happens. Um, take a look at Genesis 2 on the screen here this morning. Take a look at this. It says, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. Now what we could do is we could put a period there and we could end it. And if we did that, all of us in this room are no different from the cows on the dairy. Like we're all just animals at that point. But it goes on. It continues. It says, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the pneuma of life. And the man became a living being. Um, Job, later on in the Bible, talks about this moment. And he says this. L- listen to this. should we be on the screen. He says, But it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. We have the breath of God in us, which is God's spirit, and that changes the game for how we understand the world. We humans are both body and spirit, all mixed up, all at the same time. Now, what in the world does that have to do with angels? Well, you see, if animals are body, that's what they are, they live in that world all the time, and we humans, we have a foot in both worlds Angels are all spirits, all spirits, no physicality. Angels are spirits, and they live in the spiritual world, meaning angels are wholly different from us. When Looney Tunes paints the picture of us dying and then floating up to hang out on a cloud, when we get to be angels now, we've got our angels' wings, our halo, all that stuff, that's not a biblical concept. Angels are wholly different from humans. In the Bible, angels are of only spirit, They're completely separate beings from us. And God created them with a different purpose than God created us. All of God's creation is with the purpose of glorifying God, right? Like that's why we're all here. And that's true of the angels. But after that, it diverges pretty rapidly with angels and humans. Now in the Bible, the word angel appears something like 280 times, something like that. Um, In the Old Testament, when angel appears, when you read angel on your page, it's the Hebrew word malach, malach. And then in the New Testament, when you see the word angel pop up on the page, that is the Greek word angelos, angelos. Um, Actually, when we say angel in English, we're transliterating from the Greek angel, angelos, angel, angelos. Do you hear the similarity that's there? Now, Both malach, the Hebrew word for angel, and angelos, the Greek word for angel, they mean the exact same thing in the Bible. It's the exact same meaning. There's really no divergence at all. It actually means one word, one word alone. The most literal translation of angel is not angel like we read it on the page, but it's actually the word messenger. Messenger. Anytime you read angel, you read... Messenger. The primary role of angels in the Bible and angels in our world today that are very real are that they are messengers. They're messengers. Their role is to represent God to God's people. That's their role, to share God's wisdom and direction or knowledge with God's people, to be a representative of the divine, to enter into our world, and to basically be God's face for us, to represent God to us. Now, in the Bible, angels do a whole lot more than just messaging, right? They, they do a lot than deliver mail. Um, what's interesting When I was a kid, when I would think about angels, um, I almost never thought about them being like, oh, yeah, they're the messengers. They bring God's words to God's people. Like, I never thought about it that way because there was way cooler things with angels in the Bible. I loved the other stuff. You know, when I was a kid, I imagined, you know, angels as divine, holy warriors with awesome, like, laser swords. You know what I'm talking about. Like, that's what I thought angels were. And you can actually find, maybe not the laser swords, but you can find that angels are God's spiritual warriors. Like that's something you can find in the Bible. That is there. And we imagine angels as guardian angels, right? Like a lot of us have the question, like do guardian angels exist? Does everyone get their own special angel and they're like assigned to us and, you know, they watch over us? Well, maybe it's not that specific, but there's lots of scripture where where angels are there to guard the people of God and to make sure that things are okay on their fronts. And even in our scripture reading, in Hebrews 1, angels are referred to as ministering spirits. They're spirits who are, who are here to serve those who are going to come to Christ, those who are headed toward salvation. So there's all these different ways to understand angels, all these different instances, but overwhelmingly in the Bible, it is none of those things. The role of angels is not really holy warrior or holy bodyguard or holy helper. The primary role of angels in the Bible is to be a messenger, a a messenger to the Lord, to bring the message of God's plans to God's people. Um, when an angel in the Bible shows up on the scene, they are often coming to let God's people know that God is about to do something or just did something really important and these people need to pay attention and, uh, and act accordingly to it. Um, in the New Testament alone, if you're to look at the first Just instances of angels in the New Testament. The first time an angel appears in the New Testament is going to John the Baptist's mom and saying, hey, guess what? You're pregnant. John the Baptist is on the way. A message from the Lord. It's good news. Then the second appearance of angels in the New Testament, an angel appears to Mary, Jesus' mom, and says, hey, I've got good news for you. You're going to have a boy, and uh, it's going to be God. So that's going to be crazy, right? That happens. Then the third appearance of angels in the New Testament is the angels come to Joseph, Jesus' dad, and say, hey, just so you know, your you know, future wife's pregnant, and it, it's a boy. Yay. And then Joseph's like, I don't know if I believe that. And so the angel comes back two more times just to say, no, really, you've got to hear this message. You have to believe this thing. And then the fourth time an angel appears in the New Testament, it's to the shepherds out in the field and says, hey, something happened. You better get over there to see the Son of God was born. And even if you go past the Gospels, you go to like the book of Acts, Acts 5, 17. It's this really familiar story. It's the story of the apostles. And the apostles are thrown into prison. They're under lock and key. And this angel shows up on the scene, boom, and then unlocks the prison and then frees them. And we're like, whoa, angels can do that. That's great. But that wasn't the point for the angel because the angel had a message. Essentially saying, hey, like, You guys need to get to the temple and you need to share the good news of what happened in Jesus. You have to do that. That's why the angel appears. What's interesting is that in all these cases, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I've personally never had an angel pop up in my life like where I've really noticed it, right? But in all these cases, like if an angel popped up in my life, I'd be like, whoa, like this is what he looked like and like this is what he did and his sword is really cool and he was like a ninja. I don't know, like he was awesome, right? That's what I would do. But in the scriptures, when an angel pops up on the scene, that doesn't happen at all. The angel shows up on the scene and says, hey, I have a message for you. And then the people completely forget about the angel by the end of it because they're so, so caught up on the message. It's interesting. You know, for many Christians... We spend a lot of time trying to, like, I want to know what angels look like. I want to know if guardian angels are real. Like, I want to know if angels have the wings and they can fly. Like, can they walk through walls? We want to know all these things about angels. All that stuff. We even have an entire field of study in Christianity called angelology. Google it. Like, it's a real thing. People write books on this stuff. But you see, the real point About angels is not what angels look like and do in their cool swords and stuff. It's not any of those things. The real point of angels and angels in our lives is that they have a message for us and it's a message that we must hear. You know, we often confuse the messengers with the message when it comes to things like. Angels, And we must not confuse the messengers with the message. You know, if you have your Bible open to the scripture reading, you can turn over to, to Hebrews 2 a second. And there's this great point that's made that really puts the capstone on us. It's Hebrews uh, 2, starting in verse 2. Let me just read it for you. Just listen to this. It says, the Apostle Paul says, For since the message spoken through angels was binding in every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Meaning, the message is infinitely more important than the messenger. And folks, angels feel the exact same way about that. Don't forget the message. Like, don't forget the message. Well, and And what is the message? thought about that? Like what's the message? What is it in the scriptures and in our lives right now that angels are trying to communicate to us? What is the words from God that we need to hear that angels are there to give us? You know, I want to open to our scripture reading again a second. Hebrews chapter 1, starting in verse 5. And I want to read the first four verses of Hebrews 1, starting in verse 5, so 5 to 9. And I want you to listen closely to the passage. Can you hear what the message of the angels might be? What might it be? Now listen to this. It says, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But what about the son? He says, Listen to this Your throne, O God, will last forever. And ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. What is the message of angels right now? What is it? Do you hear it? Angels, 2,000 years ago, came declaring that the kingdom of God was on its way because the king had been born. Jesus of Nazareth the son of God has come into the world to bring salvation for all and Jesus would go to a cross and Jesus would die and Jesus would resurrect as king of this world right and you see folks that's the message that's the message of angels today that's the one thing that's the thing that they would want us to hear again and again and again The angels are still bringing that message to us day after day after day. And you see, folks, the angels that are still bringing this message to us day after day, that message isn't an old message, and we shouldn't be looking for the next one. Like, what are the angels going to bring us next? Because we got the big one. Like, the message is here. That's the message. The message is Jesus. The message has come, and the message needs to continue To dominate all of our senses in the physical world and we need to sense it in the spiritual world and angels will do everything that they can even today in our lives to just ensure that you hear the message of jesus i mean i don't know if you've thought about this but there are folks that have met angels before there's lots of stories i would be willing to bet in this room there's at least one person that's like I had this crazy moment where an angel popped up. And every single time an angel shows up in those stories, it's to remind that person of the good news of Jesus at the end of the day. That's the story. And for the rest of us, angels exist in the spiritual realm, right? We may not see them for what we think they should be, But I can guarantee you in your life, a hundred times a week, there are moments where the gospel is brought to your mind or something happens that reminds you of Jesus. And I can guarantee that's the message of the angels in your life saying, hey, remember the message. Remember it. That's the message of the angels. Jesus is. The good news that Jesus has come And salvation has thus come. And all we have to do is believe. That's the message of the angels. I love how the Apostle Paul puts it in Ephesians. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's the message of the angels right now in our lives. So what in the world are angels up to right now in our world? Well, in your life, whether you know it or not, whether I see it or not, it doesn't matter. The role of angels is to be a constant reminder of the good news of Jesus. And that it's a constant reminder that you and I, we have got to keep it on the front of our minds. We easily forget. So the angels come again and again, remember the good news, remember the good news, remember the good news. You have to remember this. Have you heard the message of Jesus lately? Where it really got you? Have you? If you have, I can guarantee that the angels had something to do with that. But have you done anything with that news? Angels are the messengers, but we're here to receive the message. You know, maybe this morning you're here and you've been in spaces like this before, and you've heard the story of Jesus, you've heard stories of the cross, you've heard that it's good news, you've heard that Jesus is king on Easter, you've heard all of those things, you've heard about the resurrection, but it's never really gotten here, right? I can guarantee you there are angels in this room right now that are just wanting so deeply for you to have that message and accept it and to truly believe it. Maybe this morning, that's why you're here is they're actually, the angels are ministering to you so that you may come to salvation. Maybe that's exactly why you're here this morning. Have you heard the good news lately? Have you let it pierce your soul lately? Has it changed you lately? See, the most important things about angels are not like what they look like, if they have sweet wings or not, like what kind of clothes they wear, do they have big muscles, I don't know. It's not any of those things. It's the message. It's all about the message. And they're here to bring us the good news of Jesus. Are you listening? Are you? Let's pray. God, uh, we recognize that we are a people that are hard of hearing because our hearts are often so turned away or distracted by other things that it's nearly impossible to hear you. And yet, God, you saw to it when you created the foundations of this world, you saw to it that you would create a being, a spiritual being that could come into our lives and remind us again and again and again of the news of the day, that what you're up to in this world. God, we ask, take away our distractions. Teach us to look around and see uh, the movement of angels in our lives and let us just take in the message that they have for us that Jesus is real, that the resurrection happens, that there's a God in this world that truly does love us, that even though we're fallen, you gave us a pathway forward through the grace that came from the cross. God, help us. Help us that continue to send your angels among us. Have them minister to us so that we can come to salvation. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?